Nintendo Tamp Podcast. I am Trey Forsyth. Join me today is Wario Will. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! Ready. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, this weekend was great. (laughs) I can't believe that we will. Ah uh, yes, and also happy to release the release Pikmin Four release day, everybody. Are we enjoying your Pikmin copy of Pikmin Four? Um, yeah, enjoy the game. <laughs> I should have saw that coming. I should have known that that was the the clip he would play. <laughs> I, mean, I have been doing this a long time, ladies and gentlemen. And yeah, I was like, I wonder what Will's gonna play. And then the moment here, like, oh, of course he's playing that one. Fine, be that way. We'll talk about it later. And also here is Skullkit Scott, who will not be playing that clip. I'm just melting. It's still hot over here on the like West Coast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, just like, like it. Ice cream? <laughs> yeah, if you can have ice cream even ha- not melt here, that's a miracle. <laughs> it, the weather has been more or less crazy, but I mean, if anything else, I, we're just dealing with like random thunderstorms on my East Coast. Yeah, don't talk to me about thunderstorms. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, it, it hasn't been like hot, hot here, but it's humid. Like when I went out today to go work out, which yes, ladies and gentlemen, I do work out. This this figure doesn't happen itself, except my hair. My hair happens on its own. Everything else is work in progress. But I was just like, oh, you feel like that that wall of air, you know, when it's like really thick and. Mm-hmm. It just you just it hits you in the face like uh like when it's so humid. Yeah. Like yeah, to, like if it's humid, you you can more or less feel it everywhere like ugh, it, it it stinks yeah it stinks it, it, it's seeping into my house or apartment so you know and it's only my my, my temperature gauge says it's only 80 outside so you know that shows you how humid it is <laughs> also here is falcon faith 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 dang it is she sleeping with the pokemon again gosh dang it faith i told you 8 p.m. Central Time. You have to wake up. Faith! Dang it, fine, whatever. We'll, we'll go on without her. But if she ever does wake up, I'm sure she'll have some stories to tell. But uh, And I'm not joking about the Pokemon Sleep thing. She is absolutely obsessed with that. <laughs> uh, she has basically been whining for days because like it was available internationally first. And then it was available on uh, Android first, which she does not like Android for some weird reason. And then she finally got it on, on iPhone, and now she's just, like, obsessed with it. So, yeah, she's not here because she's sleeping with Pokemon, which is not a euphemism, but it could be. <laughs> and the fact that she also bought a Pokemon Go, Go, Pokemon Go Plus Plus. Yeah. <laughs> I just, that's, I'm sorry, that's such a stupid name. Like, Plus Plus. Like, Plus Plus Ultra? Like, Plus Plus Knuckles? Uh, plus Plus Minus Minus Up, 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 Down, Up, Down, left, Right, Left, Right, A, B, Start, Select? No, that was a good one. Come on, guys. That was that's classic. Yeah. Oh, shut up. I, it's funny because Scott will do the sympathy laugh just because I'm the host, and then we'll go. Ah, 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 ah. Yeah, like this is this is the balance I have to deal with every day, ladies. <laughs> but we do have an interesting show for you tonight. So let's get all started off with what have you been playing? I will go first because I have 
I've been continuing my journey into Mass Effect 3 and mm-hmm. Persona 4 Golden. Um, and oh, my experiences with these games are incredibly contrasting in certain <laughs> The East and the West. The, the, absolutely. <laughs> that is an excellent reference there, Will, the East and the West. Here's, here's why. Uh, I'm getting c- very close to the end game of uh, Mass Effect 3, which honestly makes me scared because I know the changes they made to the ending, but I don't know, remember like how it all feels when you're watching it because it's been years. So I'm, I'm wondering how this is going to play. And having done certain missions, I absolutely remember the pain I felt with the original Mass Effect 3 ending where the Mass Effect recap, Mass Effect relays are destroyed and everyone is stuck in in the in the soul system. Everyone, Tarians, Krogan, uh, Asari, uh, Corians, and it sucked. It didn't matter if you destroyed the Reapers or controlled the Reapers. It absolutely sucked. And all I could think about was I just spent all this time getting all these people their wishes. I cured the Genophage. I brought Tali to her home world. I freed the Geth, and now they're all stuck with me. <laughs> on right. earth mm-hmm. are you like who thought that was a good idea and then and then eventually they fix it to where it's just the relays were damaged but you could repair them and i'm like i better be able to repair them i want tolly back on her home world okay <laughs> she bought beachfront property that, aka arizona <laughs> arizona exactly exactly uh, excellent reference there george straight nice job um that is what you were going for right more or less i mean the sock photos were like it's painfully obvious <laughs> anyway but like i felt so bad for tolly and and rex and whatever and not to mention if you just think about this in terms of like logistics there is no way that all those species would survive in the soul system <laughs> no because <laughs> remember earth's been wrecked we're just dealing with the fleets outside of the corian ships because they have the live ships but those are only prepared for their people so where are they going to get their food and supplies? And they have no Mass Effect relays. So who thought that that was a good idea? Anyway, so uh, getting to the end of that, and I'm, I'm curious about how I'll feel at the end. I'm doing the Citadel DLC, which I, which I never got to do before. And it's fascinating because, spoiler alert for a, what, 10-year-old game? Uh, Shepard has a clone. Because, of course, he does. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't see that coming. I really, I had no idea. I knew there was like a party, and I was like waiting for the party to start. I'm like, where's the freaking party? Like, no, I have to go deal with this clone. And the clone's a dick. The clone is the embodiment of the renegade uh, to- uh, choices. And I'm like, this guy sucks. I want to kill him. And thankfully, he does die. Uh, but I was paragon about it, I promise. And the best part is, is the banter. It's, it's so great. This, this is top tier Bioware banter. It's great. There is a. Uh, oh. <laughs> I will... mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, in in the beginning, um, hold on. Uh, in, in the in the beginning of the mission, we uh, Shepard's at a restaurant with Joker, and it's like this fancy sushi place, and of course everything goes straight to heck. And you talk to Tali later, and she goes, "There was one." I I don't do a good Tali impersonation, but uh, she goes, "I remember once going there." And just watching the fish. And I remember that one day I would be important enough to go to that restaurant. And then you burst through the floor. And Shepard goes, can you even eat those fish? That's not the point, Shepard. I was like, like, "That that was golden. And then another section, 
because of the the the, the kind of DLC it is, you basically get most of your ME one, ME two, and ME three characters all together, uh, including Rex for the first time in two games, which is awesome because Rex is great. And I'm doing the final part of the mission. I choose Edie and Garrus because we're storming the Normandy, and I just thought they would have some good dialogue. And thankfully, I was right. But there's a point where Shepard looks from the the ride you're taking, and like the, the whole group is there, and he's like, "What?" And Rex is like, "I wanted to go." And Ash is like, "Yeah, I never get picked for these missions." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, wonder yeah. why, Ash. No. Oh yeah. Well, well, the, the 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 funny thing for me was that I just literally did a massive mission with Rex, and he was a godsend. And I actually wish I did take him with the next one because it was a hard stretch of area. There's these one enemies that are just total bullcrap. But then with, with Ash, I'm just like, "Girl, you racist." <laughs> <laughs> again like that final dlc is just an absolute love letter to the fans like they know they know the memes they know that the, uh, the ideas the bad the fan theories and all that like yeah you don't take away your entire party with you like the banter within crewmates is just absolute top-notch like yeah like that last dlc was just absolutely like the if not the best love letter and swang song dlc for that game if anything else yeah, uh, and you're absolutely right, Will. And I actually looked it up, and, uh, and uh, there's this guide, because I want to make sure I get to do the party right, and uh, thankfully I didn't initiate things before getting the final character, uh, Miranda. But it was yep. like, like, everyone's saying, like, oh, this is the best DLC. And I'm like, and I can see why, because this is them just saying, like, hey, what can we do with these characters to just really hype, harp home that this is about the team? And, the, and like, even at the end of the Citadel mission, mission, like, Shepard is saved by his crew, while the other Shepard is abandoned by his, quote-unquote, ally and it's just like you know what he the clone even asked like what makes you better than me and i'm like he has friends ah <laughs> uh, the power of friendship yes the power of friendship <laughs> it's worth it uh but like i'm loving this dlc and I, and I love this game there's just so much going on in it and uh like i i honestly was in terms of like the the relationships like who shepherd can be with i felt bad because i was with liara in emmy one because i was never going to be with ashley again after that one time uh then it was a tali in in the second game because i'm a player obviously and then i'm like wait a minute i gotta choose between liara, liara and tali <laughs> and i'm like well crap so i decided to go with liara and then i do the ranok mission and i feel so bad because i'm like i wish i was just I was with Tally on this mission. And then I forgot about the Thessian mission where Liara's world is just absolutely destroyed. And I'm just like, well, that's actually an interesting parallel because if I was with Tali, I would have been with her at her highest point. And I'm now with Liara when she needs me at her lowest point. So, you know, it's, it's really just about how you feel about things. But it, I love both of them. They're great characters, especially how, how Liara has evolved from like the naive researcher to the shadow broker and tolly's yes. just tolly tolly's incredible <laughs> who doesn't love tolly if you don't love tolly you racist <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you probably like ash no like i i could do a whole editorial on ashley and like how she's like the best worst character because <laughs> she doesn't change she doesn't change. no no nope. after character. all of her adventures and it's just like you still have not evolved <laughs> yeah i i, I am legit possibly going to do i know it's so late but like a retrospective on who was the best mass effect characters and ashley's definitely going to be at the bottom <laughs> i mean if anything i've got to go prop with garris we oh, gotta Gar have Garrus, good garris rex tolly <laughs> um oh thane 
Thane was awesome. Thane's great. Oh, he, oh he's, yeah. good. he's good. He's good. He's yeah, good. Legion. Legion was so great. Oh, I love Legion. Uh, see, Legion. See, there's so many. And then it's like, then there's Ashley. And she's like, I never get sick of these missions. You know why? <laughs> you know why? <laughs> anyway. You stop complaining and maybe yeah. we'll think about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, but then to contrast with that, I've got Persona 4 Golden where I'm enjoying myself. But the deeper I go into the game, the more I realize why Persona 5 is just so much better. <laughs> okay, so you realize it's been dated. Okay, okay. Well, it's not just the, uh, and, it's and, not just the dated part. It's not just the dated part. It's like, for me, at first it was just like, oh, it was the graphics. Because I'm like, wow, these are kind of primitive models. I'm like, okay, Todd, it's PS2. Remember that. It's PS2 get poured to the Switch. It's fine. I got over that rather easily. And then it was like just some of the, the, like the dialogue. And I'm going to use a word that I know Will likes to say every once in a while. It's the horniness. Uh, there, yeah. there, is a, there is a line and i love this line even though i really really shouldn't and uh it's we just got i just got reset oh reset yeah that's the one i just got reset i just got i just got reset and we're we're doing like a talk in the classroom and it's right before the final exams and uh reset is like oh maybe you could study if you can help me study senpai she's talking to the player character me and uh, we just start start talking back and forth, and then all of a sudden Chie goes, "Oh, hey, Risa, maybe you could say with Yukiko. You two are pretty smart. You'll you'll she'll be able to help you too." And she goes, "You know, that's a great idea, but wouldn't it be great to be mentored by someone from the opposite sex?" <laughs> and and then Chie goes, "That girl is dangerous." <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, First yep. of all, who talks like that? <laughs> Second of all, this is not how. Never mind. Uh, so, but my biggest problem, honestly is the dungeons okay 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 they feel yeah. repetitive yeah mm -hmm. emphatically yeah, repetitive like uh, case in point i'm on the fifth dungeon right now which is the quote-unquote real killer yes i know the twist so don't worry about it um dang internet so i'm like, <laughs> going through this fifth dungeon and you know even though it has some nice twists and turns and blah 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 it's it's seriously the same thing you go to the seventh floor and there's a mini boss then you go to floor 10 or 11 and there's the final boss and then you can choose to either wait until the end of the month to fight them or fight them then and just play out the rest of the month i always do the first option just because i like to cover my bases but it's just it doesn't feel as exciting as persona 5 where it was like okay i need to explore this this castle of theirs like what is it like oh it's the casino and i have to play games to trick the system Oh, it's this uh, robotics factory, and I have to go and travel through this and make sure I can get to the various levels. It was in depth, you know. It was it the, was more than just going from floor to floor, dodging shadows and collecting treasure chests. It's it's definitely kind of the, one of the main criticisms of the Persona series, even back in Persona Three. Like you just basically you have to go through these dungeons, randomly generated dungeons, yeah. and like you get you just basically go through them until the next story beats. While it's yeah. in Persona Five, like yeah, as I said, it's much more fleshed out. You have to actually go integrate with the real world to do an yeah. investigation to actually affect the dungeon so it's actually more intertwined in persona 5. Yeah, exactly yeah. and and again we've as we talked about before this is the game that could really walk so persona 5 could run who knows what they'll do with six to build off of what five did and the, the, the character relationships are still the best part of the game by far yeah but, uh, mm -mm -mm -mm. but it's just like 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 last night i had just started the dungeon and all of a sudden i was already at the final boss gate i'm like that was it <laughs> and of course i missed something and i had to go back down two floors which was so painful but okay it's not as long as mementos yeah <laughs> <laughs>
But I but I preferred mementos. I honestly mm-hmm. did because there I was at least you know there was like it that felt more in my control. I didn't have to go there unless I needed to, which I did often to, to you know do the side quests and everything. And even then, the side quests were fun. You know, like hey, you're doing this so you can progress the storyline, so you can build up your relationships, and that mattered. But with this, it feels less fun, just to be blunt with you. So I'm still enjoying the game overall, but I, I enjoy when I'm done with the dungeons or get through like the midway point so I could just jump back to the real world and just spend my days trying to do everything that I can to build up these relationships. <laughs> and no, I still haven't figured out the Margaret thing. I'm just going to like try and binge that all in one shot or something. I don't know. But uh, it's the game is fun, and there, there are a lot of quirks to it and a lot, a lot of weirdness in it. But uh, yeah, they definitely, Persona 5 was definitely better. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> and, and hey, I don't if you if you love four more than five, I understand why. Like there is there is a lot to love here, but there, it does definitely has some rough edges. <laughs> well, we'll definitely have to wait and see once Persona Three Reload comes out, and we'll see how your opinion changes, if maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, remember we don't we don't know if it's going to come to Switch because they keep people keep rumoring and stating it will, <laughs> and then it doesn't, even though it totally should. I don't know why it's not coming for Persona. Anyway, so. Uh, yeah, but those are the two things I've been playing. I've also been playing Faye, and I got some of the new banners, so that's cool. Mm, yeah, the uh, Engage banner, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I, that, that, that whining prince, like, he seems <laughs> whiny. Alcrest. Uh... Alcrest. Yeah, also, between uh, Alcrest and uh, Brooks from the Citadel DLC, the the, pre, the the nice version of her, she gave they gave confirmation that this character I write called Sonda in one of my stories is legit, because uh, he talks in a run-on sentence until someone shuts him up. <laughs> that's exactly what these two characters are. They just t- keep talking until someone shuts them up. They're like, oh, I- I'm glad I did. I'm not the first person to think of that. So, yay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Scott, how about you? What have you been playing? So, I've been doing a lot of the post game stuff of Trails into Reverie. Now, like 96 mm-hmm. hours into it. Dang. 96? <laughs> well, I redid it on nightmare mode oh, and then ah. i worked on min maxing a lot of my characters that so that even on nightmare mode i basically was just like an unstoppable force which always feels great when you they make it like intentional that you, like, you can't beat these guys on like a normal setting but then you min max your own characters to make it so it's like oh never mind i'm the op one here i'm the captain now <laughs> you think you, i'm in the nightmare with you but no you're the nightmare with me <laughs> oh there, there you go uh, uh what, what was it um rorschach you think i'm trapped in here with you you're trapped in here with me <laughs> yeah so that was that was actually really fun even though there were some fights that i felt i couldn't always do even with having the over 100 percent invasion for most of my characters because some of the s crafts would still automatically hit which kind of sucks but it makes sense why they do it at that time because there are some fights that you're supposed to lose. It just feels kind of awkward when like you're basically just beating the crap out of this big OP enemy and then all of a sudden he turns around and just one-shots you. <laughs> because that's how it's supposed to go. <laughs> yeah, sure, Jan. I kind of like it better when games have those like almost unstoppable bosses, but once you beat them, it like, changes it in a way. Oh, rather than oh, just yeah. you just losing outright. But so that was always fun. I also started, well, I played the demo of a game called Nobody, which has heavy Undertale and heavy Omari vibes, which is kind of cool. You play as this, like, uh, I call him a jester, but they call him Clown Face because he mm-hmm. has a face of the clown. And you're basically trying to not die in a world where it's basically destroyed. And so to, 
get rid of a lot of his uh, boredom. He, you know, turns to the computer and the internet like most people do. But uh, then he goes into this dream world called The Well, where he has a few friends that join him on it. And he's trying to figure out the reason for why this well exists and the reason for all these enemies and why they're trying to take over the world. You don't even know what they are after a meter it comes down, which, again, is Earthbound vibes, which is also, you know, something that's in that same genre. So they just took inspiration from a lot of, like, the more stylistic, inspirational, like, psycho psychological JRPGs kind of style. The one that, like, basically Earthbound started and then a bunch of other games got inspired by so it's in that same vein and it is pretty fun it has a different it has interesting mechanics of like you have the sensibility where you can actually weaken enemies by using your one of the five senses of like smell touch taste see or um here which hearing <laughs> i haven't heard anything actually work well but i do find it humorous that some things are just like don't touch me and you touch them and they just get angry and then they just like lose focus or there's some things who are like want you to do something and then they'll like tell you to do something to them and you don't do it and they just get super just annoyed with you like come so here like, put your hand here and it's just like no <laughs> i'm not <laughs> so gonna like, say something <laughs> yeah so it's like so it's like people don't touch me why aren't you listening to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> and generally when you you know don't listen to them it either makes them angry or it's like their actual weakness so you know it's one of those things <laughs> so that's always fun too to figure out like oh they want me to do this thing you do the thing and they just could turn out to be like your best friend it's like oh okay <laughs> or you do the thing and then they get super angry that you did the thing they told you to do yeah that's that's the human condition i want you to do this <laughs> okay i'll do this no i didn't mean to do it like that but you just told me to do it like no, I want you to infer what I'm trying to tell you. Like, I'm listening to you. What do you, what do you mean infer? <laughs> say what you mean. I did say what you mean. I did. I can't help if you didn't infer what I meant. Like, yeah. Yep. Just like that. Yep. <laughs> and they say I don't know humanity. <laughs> so that that was actually kind of interesting. I'm interested to see how that game is. It actually has a Kickstarter out now, and if they reach a certain threshold, they're hoping they can make it so they can put it on the Switch. Ah, okay, okay. Right now, it's, uh, of course, only on development for the PC, because, you know, indies, that's how they work. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. It's it's a thing. I mean, we the Switch is an indie machine, but that doesn't mean it's easy to, you know, always make it for multiple systems. That's something that people sometimes don't understand. It they takes do not. effort. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's serious that's... effort to put all these games on all these machines. Yes, and like even when you're trying to apply for the indie application on for Nintendo on the Switch, I from what I've heard, like from the indie developers, because I went to like an indie um, convention a while back, and yeah, like getting into um, part of the the, the Nindies program is is a bit of a difficult thing. So yeah, it, yeah. there is definitely effort to do do so. Yeah, they have, they have a lot of uh, people trying to go into that program, so they have to make it as uh, not just streamlined, but also kind of make it in a way that they had like they have to have kind of trust in the games that go into those, mm -hmm. which for Nintendo is actually a pretty arduous process because they have a lot of uh, quality assurance checks they do with outside applications, mm -hmm. which I mean, is a good thing to do. You probably want to have a lot of quality assurance on programs that you don't have the control over so you can like basically see if it gets broken or not. Right, right, right. And yeah, we still get some shovelware here in the Nintendo <laughs> eShop. I don't know how they make it, but I feel like they probably have connections. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. That's one other game that I've been playing. 
All right, Honkai Star Rail. Ah, yeah. Stop it. Stop it. So I've been... Ironically, I haven't actually been playing it in the sense of getting to the story. I've been playing it to get my character strong enough to do the story event. Because I hear yeah, that the boss yeah, fight yeah. is really tough. I've been seeing people like pulling for Blade, trying to E6 him so badly, and literally Ooh. spending 1k in that in that gotcha. Like, Don't spend over a thousand dollars on a freaking virtual character. I don't care how much money you think you have, it's not worth it. Uh, yeah, it's crazy, but I had great performance again with the new chapters and yeah, even like the big baddies out there, uh, big baddie uh, enemies I saw on on, on Twitch and, and YouTube is just, <laughs> yeah, 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 Hongai Star is like getting, like yeah, uh, what's Genshin again? I forgot what that game again, so like, yeah. Honestly, yeah, I've kind of not played Genshin in a week now, so. <laughs> Hongai more or less took over that, yeah. that branch. But not just that, but I've heard that and a lot of people are abandoning Genshin because of the treatment of the voice actors. That too, that yeah, too. It's awkward with that, because that's a whole other ordeal, because that's nothing Hoyoverse has any control over, though they're trying to get more control over it. Alright. Will, how about you? What have you been playing? Uh, so for me, uh, it's been more or less spread around. So yeah, like with you and Faye, I have uh, been pulling it in the engage banner, which uh, surprise, surprise, I actually got all four with an extra Alcrest. God and... dang it, Will! <laughs> Good I, job. Got, I got two. No, three, two. I don't remember now. But it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like either way, I definitely didn't get four, and I had to use my free summit. So this is the second time in like two ban, three banners that you've gotten all four. Stop it. <laughs> I have flashbacks to the original days where I couldn't get a single five star, and you were Tyler drawing like every other pull. Stop it! <laughs> and even to put more salt in the wound as well. Like apparently, <laughs> I actually managed to actually do that that new feature they had. I had three focus charges, so I managed to pull three other five stars it, to fo get that focus charge up, which is uh, Fallen, um, Byleth, Awakened, uh, Tiki, and oh uh, shoot, I. We have one more. Oh, oh yeah, actually, uh, fallen Dimitri as well. So a lot. Also, my 40th fan. I actually got managed to get those three to fully charge my uh, focus charge uh, summons to uh, get get that extra all crest. And <laughs> I was like, holy moly, my luck! What the heck? Yes, what the heck, Will? What the hey, heck? I guess like they love me. The RNG gods love me. Never in doubt, Will. Again, like Scott, I know you weren't here for that, but in the earliest days of Faye, when me, Tyler, and Will were doing the show, we used to do summons during the show just to have fun, and they would get five stars like all the time, and I could not get a five star to save my soul. And eventually, finally, my first five star was Takumi. And I was so happy, even though I, you know, wish kind of got a better character. <laughs> I, I mean, Takumi's fine, but still. And so it for like, forever it was they were getting like, all these five stars. It got to the point where I literally did a blood offering, aka paid money, to get uh some characters for the, the first Tellius banner that we got because I would I refused to go through this banner without getting a five star. This is before the forty uh free summon thing. Yeah. And so like I those those I was that was how bad it was. Like I was willing to do a blood sacrifice just to get a, a five star and it worked and and of course tyler and will were spending like millions on it i spent like 40 bucks so show you tell me who's got more self-control here <laughs> ladies and gentlemen i mean sure we gave me with the last summer which i got all four ladies and all anything on that but fine you can have uh, them i'm just saying you can have all those swimsuit ladies i don't care it's, it's the, all, the engaged people those were the ones i honestly wanted 
<laughs> and I still remember like how badly you won when you tried to get uh, like a normal Ike as well. I remember that the, those days. So yeah, yeah that but... was, that was, those were dark times. I couldn't get I couldn't get Ike, and then when I finally got Brave Ike, I was so happy. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I got Ike. Praise uh, God. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I can definitely get, get away. I kind of do that in those live summons again. Maybe one of these future episodes someday. But yeah, <laughs> aside from that, uh, well, I've also been touching on um, going back a little bit well, of God of War Ragnarok and actually just beat um, t past the point of the uh, of Treyas being turning into a bear. So mm -hmm. yeah, just do, doing that point and yeah, just Wait. getting back into Wait. the combat system. Hold on. Seriously? <laughs> that happened? Yeah. I have not played God of War. I don't think um, yeah, God of War. basically, yeah, Atreus or Loki, basically he turns into a bear. Huh. Yep. So my question is, is that when he approached uh, Kratos about this, he probably asked for his help to change back. Did he go, boy, just gritted for it? So yeah, like I've been going back on Ragnarok, and um, also as well, um, like yeah, the new um, um, next season, quote unquote, of Fall Guys is currently out right now. The next uh, Fame Pass, and currently right, uh, yeah, this pass around has um, Kojima's favorite game of Death Stranding with uh, Sam Porter Bridges as a costume <laughs> on the pass. So yeah, and even as well, Kojima himself also tweeted a Fall Guys for the game to advertise as well. So yeah, by all means, any more extra publicity for Kojima, he's gonna retweet it. No, no, no problem. <laughs> So yeah, uh, Sam Porter Bridges is on the Fame Pass for Fall Guys. So by all means, if you want to go and get Sam Porter Bridges for from Kojima, support Kojima again. But then, but yeah, and also just wondering, when are we getting the near costume again from Yokotaro? Because he only did it for what, one time and never did it again. So I wonder when they're gonna bring back Tubi again. <laughs> Which yeah, before they they did one free to play. But I digress. <laughs> and uh, let's see as well. One more thing, I feel that yeah, just continuing a little bit uh. Yeah, 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 and of course, naturally, though, I uh, have been talking about, uh, been trying Pokemon Sleep as well, but we'll talk about it in the new section. But of course, naturally, the biggest thing which I was laughing about in the morning, and which we'll be talking about later on, is indeed the Splatfest this past weekend. And oh, <laughs> wait, wait, yeah, like the memes, the memes, it's the memes. They will not, if, it, if it's white, it doesn't die. And like white chocolate, one, white vanilla, white, one, it's just perfect. <laughs> and just like looking at the stats right now. Gosh is... dang it, Will, wait your turn. I told okay. you to wait. <laughs> He's getting too excited about all the white stuff. <laughs> and uh, okay, fine. We'll talk more in the, in the next section. But can I just go gloat right now and say I, I won three 100 times battles? Three 300 times. <laughs> all right, uh, I'll step. I'll step. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to get to the news now. You can tell how excited I am for it. So, <laughs> time to go down the warp pipe. And first, I guess, Blackfest. <laughs> yeah. So, I, wanna, I want to gloat first, though. Because I did get a victory here. Because if you recall last week's show, Will stated, and I quote, I think we can get a sweep. And I said, I bet you we won't get a sleep. And guess what, Will? You did not get a sleep. 
Meh. Meh, 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 yeah, meh. Sure, it might not have been Strawberry that took that sleep away from you, but he <laughs> collected victory as long as it's not. Hey, hey, you got your sleep with power. You now get the team, behind yes, the team that has exactly. zero points. I Feel exactly. my pain and Scott's. No, I will not feel your pain because I actually got my sleep. You did not. So you can suffer on the mound of power that I have made. Also, I want to note that I did give my all, even though I had a, a Comic-Con last Saturday, I was still able to get time in Friday, Saturday, and Sunday into the game, get to champion level. And I had a good winning streak at one point, including, I kid you not, on my second battle, getting and winning a times 10 battle. I don't know how that happened, but it did. Like, the, like getting the times 10 on the second fight, I, I don't get that, but whatever. So I, I did well enough in that. And... But on Friday, to kind of like get the mojo going, I had strawberry everything. Okay, not really. But <laughs> I came close. Okay, I have a snack at noon. And on that Friday, I'm like, uh, I have strawberry Pop-Tarts. It's perfect. So I had strawberry Pop-Tarts. And then I had to go run an errand. And I'm like, you know what? I want a strawberry milkshake. So I got a strawberry milkshake. And it was delicious. And I, had, and I drank it in like less than 10 minutes because they just don't last they're net they're never last i wanted to last longer the drink it slower why would i do that so i had strawberry infusion and it wasn't enough sadly even though again i started off really really well on on friday but uh yeah vanilla one whatever people have no taste <laughs> you're basic all of you are basic yes uh, but strawberries in your vanilla to make it taste like anything <laughs> and just for a recap on the stat on the stats, so the con shows of thirty four percent thirty four percent going to vanilla votes over one majority for vanilla, which are fifty five percent. Which strawberry only had nineteen percent of the vote, while uh, mint chip had twenty five percent, roughly twenty six percent. And like the wins, with this one, I was actually kind of surprised, as as you mentioned, Todd, because um in the open league, uh, thirty three percent went to vanilla, but in the pro league. 35% went to the mint chocolate chip. Yep. Which, yeah, I was attending on Pro League. And yeah, as I said, I won three times 100 battles. And yes, yeah, mint chocolate it chip wasn't took enough. that round. It mint chocolate chip did their best. <laughs> I was quite surprised that, yeah, the Pro League's like, no, the Pro League's, we're going for a mint chocolate chip. I was like, okay, fine, fine. And of course, um, rounding up is the tri color battle, which is 34% uh, going to a team vanilla. But yeah. yeah. I'll call that out. I, I really do. Because on Sunday, when I had more time to play, uh, I wanted to do a bunch of tri color battles just to see what it was like again. You know, it's, it's been a while. And the first match I had, I was team defender. I'm like, okay. And we dominate. Like, full tilt domination. And then it took forever to win another one. And it was just like, okay. but I, And so I kept jumping between uh, regular turf war and tricolor. And every time I did tricolor, I was on the defender side. Which meant that vanilla, or sorry, strawberry was on top. And then at the end, it was, we weren't even close to winning. I'm like, well, how did that happen? Like, it was late. I, like, when I left at five, we were still doing defending. So I don't know what, what changed in those two hours <laughs> to, to upset the balance of power. But Strawberry was the team defender for so long on Sunday. And apparently, like, something changed. Like, I don't get it. But whatever. I mean, if anything else, because like one, once I was doing tricolor battles myself, like it, we basically won due to the overwhelming majority. I, I, team Vanilla had a lot of mirror matches, like same team matches, and like there'll be times when 
yeah, team but more or less switch between attacking and defending as well. So it's not it's not exclusively just because like yeah, like if you're the majority or minority or not. Ah. Oh well. So yeah, you got it. Your win, Vic. You got your win, Will. Nice job. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I only can imagine what it's gonna be the next battle. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, if we get, let's see. We didn't have one in June, right? Because last one was the Zelda Splatfest, right? Uh, the last one was back in May fifth, yeah. which is the Zelda. Zelda, yeah. So we might skip August, especially since it just happened last week. So. September, maybe? Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised if we had something for Splatfest, like, near PAX West. Yeah, yeah, because I'm looking at the pattern right now. The, like, before then was back in end of March, which was the 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 cryptids. So, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I, I got a bold choice, all right? What? Okay, because so this would have to happen, like, let's just say... Let me check, my, let me check the calendar really quick. Uh, okay, so let's say... The 8th, 9th, and 10th of September. Okay, so second weekend. The topic is, what do you wear after Labor Day? <laughs> White, <laughs> black, or whatever you want. <laughs> if you don't get that joke, I'm so sorry you're that young. We wear pink. <laughs> there you go, pink. White, black, and pink. What do you wear after Labor Day? And you know what I would be? I would be on Team White. You know why? Because my last name is Black. And that's counterintuitive. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, my last name is Black, and you all forgot. Uh, look it up. But no, I don't know. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting this one, especially since chocolate technically wasn't a choice, which, as you all know, is blasphemy. Uh, oh, I did really meet, is. I did meet an inkling at the uh, Comic Con, and they, they were not happy that they were missing the Splatfest. <laughs> I think they too were on Team Vanilla. So, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I can't help it that kids don't have taste, okay? I, I have taste. That's why I'm the host. Moving on. It is the go-to taste. <laughs> it's the one you go to if you don't have a taste preference. Well, oh, there you go. Or let's put it this way. <laughs> Vanilla walks so that all the other flavors can run. <laughs> it's the Persona 4 Golden of the franchise. <laughs> anyway, uh, as we've been talking about lightly throughout the show, uh, Pokemon Sleep has finally arrived. And it is something that uh, Faith would love to talk about if she wasn't sleeping next to Snorlax right now. <laughs> I uh, frankly, I don't know why she's sleeping next to Snorlax, because all it takes is for hit one rollover, and we don't have Faith anymore. I'm just saying. I, I don't need to see a squashed Faith, but Snorlax can make that happen. Like, it's canonically, like, how many thousands of pounds? Like, <laughs> I don't do that kind of math. <laughs> I don't do that kind of bias. Who do you think I am? So, all right. So, of the three of us, I am the only one who hasn't done Pokemon Sleep because, frankly, I don't need someone to tell me that I sleep poorly. So, I'll let you guys take this. What's it like? Will, we'll start with you. So, yes, this kind of interesting app, if anything else. And, yeah, basically, like, if you don't have the, the Pokemon Go Plus Plus, it, like, basically, you, you download it, and, like, basically, once you're going to get ready to go to sleep, you basically turn it on, uh, set your time, alarm time, whatever it may be, what's your sleep schedule, when you're going to go to sleep, and just basically turn it face down. 
and basically you just let it uh it will basically observe you i guess in regards to maybe if either is your the movement of your bed the sounds that you make and yes it does record the sounds so yeah apparently there even like some kotaku article says it even records you while you, you pass gas so yeah <laughs> be wary of that um so it basically like measures like i don't know either be it's as i said movement from your bed or like whatever sounds it, it picks up in and apparently like if you want to get a good solid sleep you want to get at least eight and a half hours which in today's society <laughs> yeah that's a luxury <laughs> <laughs> and yeah like my first night like again as sleeping as a guy with a uh, sleep apnea and uh having a using a cpac machine like yeah putting on a mask and then like putting the, the app on it's like okay fine and when i woke up this morning uh like i was like checking out my, my sleep patterns what it picked up any sounds like of course i, I unfortunately i'm right by a highway so it it doesn't help but and then it does measure like what if you're a, a, like the three main types which is a dozings a slumber or a, a, I think snooze uh, what was that third type of yeah I can't hang on let me just go and check that picture right now dozing slumbering and snoozing yeah yeah I think that was the the three types and yeah like depending on like what is your majority type you get like the Pokemon that resonates it. And I surprisingly, I think all three of us, Faith and Scott and me, got Charmander as as our first Pokemon, aside from yep. the, the assistant Pikachu, which was a, a dozing type. And yeah, so it, depending on like what kind of sleep patterns you have, like if you're like a, I don't know, a slumber type, I assume you get like Pokemon that really sleeps hard because like, I was like looking at face data and like, how the heck she had better slumbering types? Like, and I was like, uh, Again, I had sleep apnea, so I I don't know. I, I, my 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 graph was basically going crazy. I had some moments, like maybe at like one a.m. or two a.m., having a good deep slumber. But after that, I was like, yeah, it's like my 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 days be crazy. But after that, in the morning, you get your data, review it, and basically like it kind of like in enforces you like yeah, maybe try to get some more sleep or like do something differently. I don't know, turn on the AC or like do do that. So or whatever, maybe it basically gives you a good reminder, like, like a, like a bit fit on bit fit watch, like how, how much you're sleeping or what. So, I mean, it's not obviously supposed to replace that such technology, but it's just basically a nice little app to like give you some reference to. And thankfully overnight, it does not overheat. So that's the most important thing. Even though you leave your phone plugged in and let it observe you, the phone itself does not heat up as great it's, you won't have to worry about your phone exploding at night so they don't you don't have to worry about that thankfully <laughs> yeah so i got also the the dozing slump or the dozing type or not dozing it's the dozing and snoozing one always gets mixed up yeah dozing snoozing and slumber yeah yeah okay okay yeah slumbering though is the one that apparently my weakest was at Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, like, what's your like your take on it, Scott? Like, how how did your sleep patterns? Yeah. Oh, my sleep pattern is horrendous. So I understand that. I need to do better. I got like a seventy, I think, percentile on it because they have like percentiles of how good you sleep. And the goal is, as Will said earlier, they want you to have eight eight and a half hours of sleep. Which honestly, that's more than even most of the allotments are because it's usually like seven to eight hours. So the fact that they want you to have even more than that is kind of crazy. I mean, granted, a lot of people <laughs> do need that amount of sleep, especially in today's society. Yeah, so. definitely. There are some that need that type. 
And it's just funny to like they give you like a bar like a little uh, chart that shows like how like well you've slept in the various types of slumber you were in. If you're in the dozing section of your sleep or if you're in the slumbering or if you're in the snoozing snoozing. And it's just like <laughs> mine was t- mine was funny because it's like the first 20 minutes was under the dozing and then I had most of my sleep time as the snoozing. And then I had like the last like 10 minutes, I guess, right before I wake up is slumbering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm looking at my data right now. And yeah, apparently I'm, I'm kind of fairly even. Again, 60, more for me, 60% is in the snoozing type, while 20% each be in the dozing and slumbering type for me. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so... ju- yeah, just also as well, like I know they're going to be upping this, this quote unquote game experience. And like, again, you can actually, you, Todd, you said it to Fave, like you can actually catch shiny Pokemon in this thing. So. Yeah, this is gonna be interesting to see if this like, and there's even some people saying like, uh, "Okay, challenge us to get eight and a half hours of sleep." Yeah, good luck with that, people. <laughs> Unless you have a good lifestyle. Yeah, no, if you already, I mean, if you already have like a good schedule on sleeping, then good on you. <laughs> I, I am not one of those people. <laughs> yeah. My schedule is terrible. I, 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 so unless like if it's like a weekend, I got nothing else to do. Like, okay, maybe I'll go to sleep a bit early. Yeah, I don't know if anything else. Yeah, yeah. Worst thing with that is I still have to wake up in the mornings on the weekends because I still have to do the morning transmissions and then I get to go back to na- nap. Hey. <laughs> uh, Which I'm sure Pokemon Sleep will hate because it'll be like, hey, you can't just wake up for two hours and go back to sleep. I'm like, yes, I can. Watch me. <laughs> Watch me, dang you. <laughs> Again, I don't need them to tell me that, hey, you're not doing that well. Sleep. <laughs> no kidding. Sometimes my mind won't shut the heck up. Other times, I have honestly say, I, you know, say like you know, 10, 20 minutes, I'm out like a lie. But then I'll wake up, you know, randomly. And there are times I've had like waking nightmares that keep me up at night. I get it. I suck. All right. I, I am good at many things, including having great hair, hosting this podcast. <laughs> but I, even I have flaws, and one of them is sleeping. And you don't want to connect that to the normal Pokemon. <laughs> you don't want Pokemon to come and tell you you're sleeping wrong. <laughs> Ironically, if you think about it, if, if Pokemon did exist, and I was, if we almost did a main event tonight of uh, what Pokemon you would actually want next to you while you sleep for one reason or another, because I know Faith would dig that, but I would want a Pokemon that knew Hypnosis. Because that's a sleep. There you go. Okay, Hypno. So, oh, yeah. Hypno, Drowsy. I mean, it's in the freaking names. And, you know, any type that, any Pokemon that has hypnosis, I'm going to be like, okay, time to go to sleep. Drowsy, hypnosis, drowsy. And then I'm out. <laughs> and it'd be like, okay, I'm good. Thank you, guys. This is great. You know, like that would make me a happy guy. You know, catch a Pokemon just for the ability to help me sleep. So, you know, as long as Gengar doesn't come in and do Dream Eater on me, you know. <laughs> yeah, that would be a problem. Gengar, Gengar, Gengar. Uh, that actually wasn't too bad. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, I'm curious about the, let's call it the long, longevity of this, because I, I'm sure people like you and guys in Faith or, and others are going to try it, but will they be able to maintain the the what's it called the install base there you go the install yeah because you know? mm-hmm. it it seems like something that if it is actually useful then sure people are going to keep using it but if it becomes like a chore like i remember faith faith was at faith sorry faith faith, <laughs> faith is the owl uh but they're both a hoot oh um <laughs> 
just gonna kill me for that joke. Uh, but I forgot what I was saying now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, like you have to like have the app on while you sleep. Like mm -hmm. so like that's a weird thing. So if you forget to turn the app on, then you're not gonna get the recording and you'll be like, but I don't know how well I slept last night. So you know. <laughs> You we'll do see. have to remember that is yeah, an important thing. Yeah, it is definitely, unfortunately, it's a very casual app. Like, you, unless you're like a really diehard thing or like you really are curious, like how your sleep schedule or sleep patterns is. I like, again, like this is basically that un that unfortunate game app. Like, you gotta do your dailies and like gotta yeah. turn it on at night. So it, it has that, like, that mobile behavior learn behavior like yeah you gotta turn it on do your dailies and all that yeah yeah it, it does it does give you the option of uh putting in your your usual bedtime and it will give you like a 30 minute reminder of hey it's almost time for bed which means it's almost time to turn us on pretty much yeah yes thankfully thankfully <laughs> but yeah, if you are enjoying uh pokemon sleep good for you good luck with getting all those pokemon and hey i do hope you get plenty of rest and if not, well, you're not getting any Pokemon now, are you? And hey, that's a great transition into the other Pokemon news of the week, which totally didn't make me cry. Uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, which is ironically going on right now, in case you didn't know, they held the first ever international Poke panel. And in it, they announced that the uh, English dub of Pokemon to be a Pokemon Master, which is the final episodes featuring Ash and Pikachu, uh, will be airing on Netflix on September 8th, so a little over a month away. Um, they dropped the trailer. We have I have it up on the website if you want to go check it out. And it highlights Ash's first uh, episode with Pikachu. And you actually hear the voice of Veronica Taylor, who I have met. And Aww. she's great. Um, but you'll hear Veronica Taylor's voice going all the way up to uh, Sarah. Uh, I, I literally just saw her on Twitter. Sarah Mc makes something or whatever. But she's she's great, too. And uh, you'll hear, you'll see Ash and Misty with Ash again, and you'll see a lot of the Ash's original Pokemon, and including Lapras. So uh, those, those, I think it's eight episodes, and they'll be there on September eighth. So go and check that out. And then we got the first English dub trailer for Pokemon Horizons, which is the sequel series, which is already aired in part in Japan, and you know the first batch of episodes. Yep. And ironically, the voice of Ash is in the sequel. But not as Ash. I think, she, I think she's playing Liko, um, which is cool. But uh, we get to see that. And they released a 10-minute sneak peek of episode one. You know what I call that? Not a sneak peek. <laughs> uh, two minutes is a sneak peek. Five minutes is a sneak peek. Ten minutes is half an episode. <laughs> like, hello? <laughs> just call. Just drop the whole first episode and be done with it. You know, why would you do this to you, uh, to us fans? Um, but we do not have a release date yet. But if they're go they're probably going to space it out between the final Ash episodes and Horizons. But given that we already have at least part of the dub already listened to, I would be shocked if we didn't get the first episodes by the end of the year. Uh, they also didn't confirm if it's going to be on Netflix or somewhere else. If if I have my wish, I don't want it on Netflix. <laughs> no, I'm serious, and it's not because of the writer strike and what's going on. Ironically, uh, though, obviously, I support the writers and actors, but for me, especially going through Pokemon journeys as we have, I prefer the one episode a week format. Yeah, that's why I loved on Kids WB. That's why I loved on Cartoon Network. That's what I loved on Disney XD, uh, which is still a weird move, but whatever. And then, <laughs> but then with with Netflix, it's oh hey, binge it. No. Why? Exactly. Like, look, if it's an entire season of a show, 
then I can binge it. I'm fine with that. That like that's the format. That's how it's supposed to work. Pokemon has always been weekly. That's yeah. the point. And then like if you binge all 15 episodes, like say in a weekend, which you could totally do easily, um, then you're waiting like three months for the next episodes. I literally, mm-hmm. t- I literally when they first happened, when Pokemon Journeys first came out, I counted how many weeks it would likely be between the next batch and it was usually about three months so you could literally watch one pokemon episode a week up until the next batch came out and then wait another three months and do the same thing so like why didn't they just you know give it to another channel the obvious answer is money mm-hmm. netflix probably paid the pokemon company a bunch of money because they've been trying to get a whole bunch of anime on their service yep and don't get me started on anime our animation and pays and residuals it's, that's another topic entirely but uh seriously support animation industry but i just i enjoyed when i was a kid and even as an, as an adult with like sun and moon on disney xd just waking up or taping it even it's like hey i've got one episode of pokemon to watch today i'll watch it at dinner or i'll watch it in the morning or i'll watch it before the con you know like when i'm at the hotel like those were memories that i enjoyed those are memories like my i i've told this story to Will and Tyler, but not to you, Scott. An episode of Pokemon literally changed my life when I was an adult. I know. Uh, It's a longer story, but let's just... It was in Pokemon XY. It was a Serena episode. It just completely... (laughs) It was. It was a great episode. It just completely changed how I perceived myself, my con con career, my comic career, and everything. And I was just like, I've got to be like Serena. I've got to keep pushing forward. It was beautiful. And I... But I remembered that because I didn't binge the whole season and, we, and I just happened to get to that episode. I watched that episode and it was all I was thinking of. It was watching that episode. I'm like, okay, this is the only thing that matters today. Learning from this episode and then moving forward. You know, that was meaningful. Whereas this is like, okay, what, where's the better episodes? Where's the better episode? Skip, skip, skip. <laughs> so I hope, I, I would hope that Horizons goes to a channel that actually appreciates it and you know, broadcast like, hey, Pokemon, 10, 10, 9 Central, only on Cartoon Network or Disney XD or whatever. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing versus, hey, here's the first 10 episodes. Binge it and wait, you know, four months for the next one because we know you will. Yeah, because they don't have a choice, Netflix. So <laughs> I didn't mean for that to go into a rant, but there you go. <laughs> yeah. Tell us how you really feel about Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> now that you asked. <laughs> Um, seriously, go support the rising actors and the animation industry. They need help too. But uh, but again, Pokemon to be a master. Final episodes with Ash and Pikachu English dub uh, September eighth, and Pokemon Horizons coming later this year. So be on the lookout. And now, let's talk about Pikmin four. Oh. Okay. So uh, at the time you're listening to this, the game is out, and the much like they did with uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, they decided, hey, let's get the developers together and talk about the game and everything that went into it and it's fascinating like i love these interviews because there's just so much insight and information like for example i thought for sure that shigeru miyamoto was the creator of pikmin that's only kind of true like he helped weave everything together to make pikmin the franchise it is but it was other people's ideas that he took and wove together he was a steve jobs ladies and gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's a reference for you and yes i am that old um that i get that joke but uh he he helped weave it into something that we all recognize while taking all these different ideas from the other people and yet even though it has been a success 
In his mind, it's not the success that it should be. Quote, there have been three games in the series until now. Actually, it's been four, but no one remembers the handheld one. Uh, <laughs> Pikmin to Pikmin 3. And personally, I've always wondered, why haven't they exploded more in sales, even though they're so much fun to play? Why do people think they're so difficult? I get that people find it difficult when death is a factor, but I think the franchise's strength lies in, in its relationship with mortality. If something is irreversible, you need to figure out a way to prevent undesired things from happening. To try to prevent Pikmin from dying, you need to practice Dandori, which is a key thing in Pikmin 4. Uh, to me, that's what makes this game unique. I think people find Pikmin difficult for two reasons, the controls and the depth of gameplay. I spent a long time mulling over how we could convey these points as interesting rather than difficult, end quote. And that would be how they molded Pikmin 4 to be more accessible, which as the reviews have noted, uh, they did it. Like, they mm -hmm. made it far more accessible than it was before, and... Uh, on Metacritic, which I am look totally looking up right now, uh, <laughs> the game has, drumroll please, uh, <laughs> 70 <laughs> reviews and a critic score of 88. Mm, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. It's not bad. And uh, and basically, they're, they're saying the same thing. Like, the gameplay is solid. There's a lot of things that bring life to it, like Ochi. Like, a lot of, everybody loves Ochi. Like, every single person loves Ochi. <laughs> the story's a little bland, but you know, you don't play Pikmin for the story. No. <laughs> so uh, I, I appreciate them trying their hardest to make it more accessible and whatever, but I find it hilarious that this is easily the most frustrated I've ever heard Shigeru Miyamoto. It's like, <laughs> oh, like, why haven't you bought this game like you buy Mario? I'm like, um. It's not Mario. It's not <laughs> Mario. Like, even like when you first introduced it back in the GameCube, the first Pikmin, like, one, you had like this weird documentary style, like, these interesting creatures called Pikmin. And like, uh, basically, like, okay, it was a weird thing. And of course, again, it was on the GameCube, which unfortunately, the weaker of that generation at that time it was a great great game i played it i completed it but again it's just like one it was just on a, <laughs> on the gamecube not many people wanted it so like unfortunately not many eyes were on that series and then of course you release pikmin 2 on that thing which again on the game and then you bring up pikmin 3 on the wii u which again <laughs> another um weaker system yeah, so got just some like, really bad install based systems. <laughs> yeah, so like the fact is, like, yeah, you kind of all like banking, you're already a niche and a niche already. Only like diehard Pikmin fans actually wanted this the sequel, but now, like, now the, you, you finally put Pikmin on a very popular system a la Switch. Now people get to have their eyes on it because, again, how many people have a Switch now? So, and just like seeing. Of course, now you also have a demo release, a public demo release, where people can actually play it. Yeah, that also, that also can definitely help. Probably. So, it, like, there's just many a myriad of factors, like why this thing didn't boom until possibly now. So, like, we just have to wait and see how the sale is after this weekend. But yeah, there's just like plenty of factors to Miyamoto that why it didn't just do well. Like. You you think you had something like with Mario, but unfortunately, that just didn't have played out. Well, it's like here's another way of looking at it. And ironically, what Miyamoto said about you know the the, the relationship with mortality reminds me of Fire Emblem, and that was a franchise that did not explode until Awakening. And so sometimes it just takes the right mixture of the right platform, the right game. The right accessibility because Fire Emblem games are hard. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. 
Piloting games are hard, especially the older ones, where it's like, you know, yeah, you will, you, your prayer character's gonna die unless you do something right here. And there wasn't like the classic or the, uh, the what was it, like the non-dying modes and whatever. Mia's turn wheel, yeah, casual, yeah. Oh, casual mode, like there wasn't that. It was like if you do something wrong, you're gonna lose this character. And I hated losing a character, and I actually allowed it in Radiant Dawn, and I hated it because there was like this character was mortally wounded. I'm like, suck. So, uh, <laughs> the Radiant boss, final boss, was total bullcrap. It was like Dark Souls level stupidity. Anyway. Um, but like it has to be a mixture of things. Speaking for me personally, I just was never interested. And it's nothing against the game. I'm sure it was fine. But when I was a GameCube kid, and I, that was the first console I ever bought on my own was the GameCube, and so I already had like limited money to buy the games I wanted. I didn't even own Smash Brothers on the GameCube. All right, that's how blasphemy. I know, right? But I played it. Hold on, my cousins had it, and we played it every day for an entire summer. Okay, so I I made up for it. But I didn't have the money just to buy every game that I wanted. So here's a game about weird plant aliens and a dude in a fishbowl helmet. And I'm like, I have to go help them get off the planet. I'm like, why? <laughs> why would I want to do that? And this is also when I had the PS2. So, uh, you know, like that was another console I was buying games for. And there was plenty to buy on that between like Kingdom Hearts and Sly Cooper and uh, all these other things. So I had to measure what I wanted and like, when, especially when you're not internet attached like I am now, I don't have the insight to say, oh, well, this game has all of this. And like Will mentioned, like, there's a demo, so I can totally play this. We didn't have that back then. And, no. And so we had like, demo discs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That you'd yeah. have to find. <laughs> yeah. So, like, we had, so, like, for Pikmin 1, 2, and 3, it's just, they were there. And I was like, great. And I, I I honestly thought they had sold better than they have, apparently, because, like, you know, they kept making them, and they did, even did the handheld thing on the 3DS. So, you know, so it, it's very much a case of you have to grab people's interest and make it so that once you have their interest, they want to keep playing. And sometimes that just doesn't happen. So You can't always expect everything you make to sell. Yeah. Also, <laughs> it doesn't help that the gap between Pikmin 3 and 4 was, like, 10 years. <laughs> no, that doesn't help at all. No. <laughs> Just saying, and then and then of course they, we know that Pikmin three didn't do as well because they ported it over to the Switch. Yeah, mm, mm, mm. and now they re-released it again here for the Switch for one, two, and three. Exactly. Total. Exactly. So, yeah, I I, I understand Miyamoto's frustration because it's clear he loves this franchise, and I respect that for him because you know he helped have a he had a huge hand in helping. That's a lot of H's. He had a hand <laughs> in making this happen. There you go. He he, he helped create it. And so this is special to him, but you know, we sometimes your your sometimes your children just don't grow up to what you want them to be, and that's what they, that's why in my family you just toss them out with the trash, which is why <laughs> I which is why I don't talk about my little brother. I didn't know you had one. I, like I said, threw him out with the trash. Okay. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that just went dark. <laughs> I was like, like I had Scott. I was like, wait, is he serious? Like he even said, like I didn't know you had a younger brother. Like, exactly. <laughs> no, I don't. I promise. Um, I would make a joke about my older sister here, but I will not. So we'll have to see if uh, Pikmin Four lives up to Miyamoto's expectations. But seriously, go check out the uh, developer interviews that they have. It's three parts. They're long because they they talk. They have a, a bunch of a team talking about uh, various factors of this franchise. But it's a fascinating deep dive into the series. So go check it out. You won't regret it. And let us know if you get Pikmin Four what you think. Okay, we'll talk about it more next week when some of these people, including Faith, uh, hopefully, uh, gets a chance to play it. So uh, Faith, oh yeah, Faith will be reviewing it for the website. So be on the lookout for her review. 
All right, next up we have Sonic Superstars. Why? I don't know. Oh, by the way, a Snorlax weighs over a thousand pounds. Forgot to mention that. I can't carry that. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm sorry, Scott, but you, like, there's so many jokes you just left yourself open to. Like, uh, <laughs> I was like, I, I'm pretty sure you can't carry anything. That's why I'm the host. Oh, <laughs> oh. there we go. So, uh, but you know, uh, two things for Sonic. First, it had its animated intro released. So, and it looks very, very cool. So go check that out. And then two, the official ESRB ranking for the game came out, and it is M for Mature. No, not really. Oh, but if only. <laughs> <laughs> mature Sonic. We're going edgier. Okay. We're going Sonic. As long as we don't get shadow levels. No, no we're going shadow. <laughs> we're going... Wait, was shadow M rated? No, it was T. Okay, was I didn't tea. think so. I'm yeah, like, yeah. that would have been very, very dark. <laughs> Like, how dark can we make it? It's shadow dark. <laughs> That's how dark. No. Uh, it got E for everyone, obviously. And it, and the uh, description goes, this is an action platformer in which players assume the roles of Sonic and his friends as they zoom around colorful zones and attempt to defeat Dr. Robotnik. As players speed through whimsical environments, they can jump on enemies' heads, causing them to transform into small creatures. Uh, Sonic and his friends react to damage by losing coin-like rings and falling off screen when defeated. Boss battles can depict more protected combat with cartoony explosions. I don't want, end quote, I don't want cartoony explosions. I want Michael Bay ex explosions. <laughs> I want my posh blues for you, we're all about chicken fans out there. Uh, that was a great sketch, but uh, yeah, so yeah, basically, the what you're expecting, and uh, there the website has even more details of the game. And this just this, this looks like pure old school Sonic fun, which is good because one of the uh head people of Sega seems to imply that we might be getting some remasters and remakes of older Sonic games. Hooray, potentially, potentially, hooray. Okay, let's not let's, let's be tentative here because they've screwed up before, as Sonic Origins Plus has shown us. Um, like seriously, how do you mess up ports of older games? Anyway, uh, I'm not sure how to feel about this honestly, because right now they arguably should be focusing more on the future, like with Sonic Frontiers 2, whatever that is, and now Sonic Superstars, and hoping that'll do well. Going back to remake older games, it's always a risk because it's like, how much do you want to bank on nostalgia? And for the longest time, that's all Sonic had was nostalgia. You know, like all the all the modern games up until Frontiers were, were pretty bad outside of maybe Sonic Generations and Sonic Mania, which was a fan game. So what do you guys think? Should, should they focus on the future or, or should they dabble into nostalgia? Mm, like it really is how they ha can manage nostalgia. I mean, like one, obviously they're not Nintendo. Like how they what? how they have Sega's not Nintendo. <laughs> like... What? <laughs> yes, 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 Nintendo. Yes. No. <laughs> like because Sega and nostalgia is is nothing we really like. You think about in simple in sympathetic like by as um in harmony with like well like with Mario and Nintendo like. Yeah, Sega has their good properties, and again, you think of Sonic and all these like other, I don't know, Dreamcast titles and all that. But they really haven't been actually paying, in my opinion, as much respect. Again, the fact they had to get a fan game from Sonic Mania to make it to to bring back Sonic fans is like, yeah, that's kind of a bit of a thing. So, I mean, if they're trying to bring focus to future Sonic games, like with Sonic Frontiers, maybe they have some hope. Like, but like 
it, it's really a hard balance that we do so. But if they can actually, res- I don't know, one, but a bit more respect to the fans of actually respecting OG fans, like it include, I don't know, uh, bring back Sonic Adventure Battle 2. Thank you very much. <laughs> then perhaps we may have something. But it's at the moment right now, Sega, maybe at the point right now, focus a little bit on the future, but definitely remember what brought them here in the first place. I just want more of the Game Boy Advance Sonic games to come back. Oh, yeah. yeah There's yeah. a lot of those that were great. Sonic Battle, Sonic Advance series. So, I mean, if we get those, I, would be, I wouldn't mind them focusing a little more on the past. But you also have to remember, Sega already does that a lot because they have a bunch of Sega collections they keep releasing. They have a bunch of older games they continuously remaster and re- well, not remake. They don't really remake them that much. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot that they kind of just like forget in the wayside, too. So it'll be interesting to see which Sonic games they decide to choose to come back. If they're just going to go solely like Genesis or if we're going to even get like some of the Dreamcast stuff. Yeah, for me, again, it's it's they got to be careful because if they let's let's say they make remake the original Sonic, like the OG original Sonic, and it does super well, then it's like, oh, then we got to do Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 and Sonic and, and, and like then they're going to be smiling like, wait a minute, now you're banging too much on nostalgia. Which we can say about Nintendo, obviously, with all the ports <laughs> that they've done, which, is, which will be true. Um, so we are forgetting you, Mario 3D All Stars. Yeah, so yeah, that, that was a thing. Um, and then it wasn't, and then it wasn't a thing. So, so all I'm saying is, if you want to do it for like a game, sure, why not? But right now, Sonic is having a true renaissance, and I've said this in certain articles. They got the live action movies, which have done incredibly well. Um, they've got Sonic Prime over on Netflix. Uh, Netflix again. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, it's fine. Uh, but I've heard like that's incredibly good. And now Sonic Frontier sold three million. Sega Sonic Superstars looks to be fun. They are on a roll. Don't waste this momentum. Okay. Yeah. Just, d- just don't. Okay. Save, save us all a lot of frustration. All right. Next up. Oh boy. Hey Scott, want to know what frustrates me more than Netflix? <laughs> What? Rumors! Ah. <laughs> welcome to Nintendo. <laughs> no, just no, it's welcome to the internet, period. Okay, so what's what's on the rumor mill today? Okay, I'll tell you. Um Jeff Grubb, perpetual rumor spreader. I could make a joke here, but I won't. Um <laughs> he dropped on his latest podcast two quote pieces of information. I'm doing like the biggest air quotes I possibly can. Um, pieces of information about games that are be coming out soon for the Switch. Okay. Fact, quote-unquote, number one. We're going to be getting Metroid Prime 2 remastered soon-ish. Soon-ish, soon enough, something like that. Hey, like in the next five years or so, yeah, right? Like <laughs> and then right after that will be Metroid Prime 4, maybe. Um, <laughs> at this rate. Uh, but look, A, that's not really a prediction. B, I'm pretty sure Jeff Grubb was one of the people saying that we were going to get the Metroid Prime trilogy on Switch bef- way, well before now. So that's false. Um, B, I'll believe it when I see it. C, it's probably going to get shadow dropped. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, tell me what I'm telling a <laughs> uh, So, yeah, whatever, Jeffy. Uh, sure. But here's the bigger one. And this one, I, I don't know how to feel about it. He also said that we are going to be getting a new Legend of Zelda... Sorry, we're going to get Legend of Zelda content, quote-unquote, 
that is not connected to Tears of the Kingdom. So not DLC like what we got with uh, the Champions Ballad and such. We're getting Legend of Zelda sleep. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> canonically, Link does sleep. He does. Especially for a lot of years. And for a lot of years. <laughs> even a hundred years. Uh, give or take. We'll never beat that rate. <laughs> well, he, he, he heard what Rip Van Winkle did and was like, oh, I can do that by five. Come on, man. <laughs> Y'all know who Ben Winkle is. Read a book, people. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, we we he says we're quote unquote getting Legend of Zelda content that isn't Tears of the Kingdom, and we're getting it this year, quote unquote. <laughs> a bull. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it, bull. I don't believe. <laughs> All right, because even though remember the last direct was after Tears of the Kingdom, so if they were gonna announce a Zelda game, they would have done it at that next. Uh, Nintendo Direct, even if it was just a teaser, like saying, like, hey, there's another Zelda coming out in 2024. <laughs> Logo. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, it may be like, uh, just so I can, you know, just do a tease here. Like, let's say, you know, they show the Triforce and the Shatters, and instead it's the symbol for Oracle Seasons, Oracle of Ages. And then they just flash 2024. That's all we would have needed to know. And it's like, okay, great. We're getting the, we're finally get the remake of the Capcom titles, which are great, by the way. Um, you know, that would have been awesome. That's all you need to say. This year is already pretty packed for Nintendo. Not the least of which is Super Mario RPG remake that we're getting in November. Yes! And not the Wario title that we're getting near my birthday. I refuse to acknowledge that that's coming out near my birthday. I will not get that game, Tyler! <laughs> Screw you! So, if Nintendo was going to announce another Zelda title, A, they would have done it by now. B, it wouldn't be this year. It'd definitely be a next year title. Because they wouldn't want to impede... Tears of the Kingdom by any aspect, especially near Black Friday, where some people are definitely going to buy it. So, yeah, I don't believe you, Jeff. Those $5 discounts go a long way. <laughs> hey, don't knock it, man. Any discount is a discount on video games, okay? True. True. I bought I, one of my favorite games ever, uh, Star Ocean Until the End of Time. I bought it at Target on Black Friday, one of the few Black Friday sales I've ever done, because they had it for $37.50 instead of 50 bucks. Hey, that's pretty good. Exactly. <laughs> One of the best games I've ever played. I will die on that hill. <laughs> Screw you, second story, our <laughs> By the way, I totally ain't going to review that game. Anyway, so, again, as always, and we have to say this every time just because these keep happening. Don't believe the rumors until it's official. Please. I don't want them to look at Twitter for the next few months and keep seeing, like, oh, what's the rumored Zelda game that's coming out? What if we don't get one? This is only the first time y'all <laughs> lied with the rumors. What? Are you saying the Switch, the Switch Pro's a lie? Yes! <laughs> yes, it is. And at this point, we could arguably say Metroid Prime 4 is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> that was an actual reveal. <laughs> I know! That's what makes it worse. <laughs> The freaking cake. No, no. Why? Why? Um. Okay. Um. All right. Next up, we have uh a unique piece of news for me because I actually have to praise EA. <laughs> I know that sounds odd, doesn't it? So it does. I know. Okay. So if you haven't heard by now, uh, the next soccer game by EA is not going to be associated with FIFA. All right, there was a huge divorce. You know, the kids got separated in the settlement. It was a whole deal. Uh, you know, if you thought Sony and Microsoft was bad, like, <laughs> okay. No. Uh, so <laughs> they dropped the FIFA license. So they're making EA Sports FC 24. 
rolls off the tongue, not don't it. Um, <laughs> yeah, totes. I would totally say that it 30 totes, times totes. in my sleep. So <laughs> EA games in the past haven't exactly been good on Nintendo platforms. They've always been like the lower res of the of the set. And in the case of the Switch, a previous uh, FIFA title like missed a whole bunch of modes. But with EA Sports FC24, uh, John Shepard of EA confirmed that everything that you can get on the PS5 and other next-gen consoles are going to be on Switch. He goes, quote, it's going to have all the modes. It's more representative of the Xbox One PS4 gameplay than it would be the PS5 latest-gen gameplay. Quote, unquote. So that's, that's good because, you know, it makes sense that it would run as well as Xbox One or PS4 in certain respects. And they even said that they worked hard with Nintendo to make sure that the Frostbite engine would fully work on the system. Uh, oh. I, I'm serious. Like, they're, And they're proud of it. They go, uh, quote, we were reviewing it not uh, reviewing with Nintendo not too long ago. Everyone's excited about it. It was a collaboration not just with FC, but across EA. We had we had to get a lot of Frostbite support to get everything working on Switch. It's a huge achievement, honestly, end quote. So, hey, who, who knew? If you actually work on something and put your effort into it, Things might turn out well. What a concept. I know. Thanks, EA. You're still dicks. <laughs> <laughs> what about Nintendo if they meant like Monolith Soft are actually helping them? <laughs> yeah. Or how about Platinum? We all know they make good looking games, right, Bandit? That is true. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, so if you've been thinking maybe I should try the Switch version, maybe you should. Maybe you should. All right. Uh, this next story is for those who need some good news. And I know, but didn't we just do a good news story? Yeah, but it was EA, so it was automatically. <laughs> it's more neutral. No, no, <laughs> they're that's... doing something finally. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the story of how a Nintendo Switch saved a girl's life. This is real. <laughs> okay? Here's how it goes. A girl from Virginia met a person online. Gee, I wonder how that goes. Um, sorry, I had to make that joke. Uh, she met someone online, and that person, who was from Arizona, drove all the way to Virginia to kidnap her. This is real, and sadly happens more than you think. The catch was was that the kidnapper allowed her to bring her Nintendo Switch. <laughs> so you're probably thinking, well, did she use the Switch to beat the guy to death? Well, a guy can dream. But no, <laughs> he deserved that. But why would you ruin the switch on that guy's behalf? Uh, no, but because he allowed her to bring the switch, she could hook up the switch to the Wi-Fi. And tell me, guys, what happens when you're connected to the Wi-Fi and you're playing a game when one of your friends is online? ISP address. Well, that and it gives you a little notification on the top. Yes, that says hey, they logged in. Exactly. So eleven days after the girl was kidnapped and everyone was looking for her, one of her friends noticed that she was online. Why was she online? Well, she had to download a game and watch YouTube videos. This is real. <laughs> and so the, uh, her friend got a notification. She realized, wait a minute, she's missing. How is she on the Nintendo Switch? So the FBI talked with Nintendo, and they got the ISP address for that Nintendo Switch and through her online Nintendo account, and they found the girl and brought her home. And that guy's went to jail for 30 years. That's the best part about it. No. <laughs> so, now you might be thinking, wait a minute, is this recent story? Well, yes and no. This happened last year, but the details weren't released until recently, and the guy was sentenced to jail in April. So, 
still, happy ending all around. And uh, I guess the moral of the story is, if you're going to get kidnapped, make sure you bring Nintendo Switch. Because uh, you can clearly tell when you're going to get kidnapped. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot to process here, not the least of which is, like, kudos to that friend for realizing, hey, wait a minute, if my friend is kidnapped, how is she on her Switch? <laughs> and also the timing of it, because think of it, that girl had to be online when her friends were online, and then that friend had to notice. Yep. So the timing, that's, I feel like that was a God moment, if I may. But uh, thankfully that girl was saved, the, the jerk was put in jail, and uh, this, these are the kinds of stories you need in life. Not the kidnapping, yes. obviously. <laughs> that could have been Not the kidnapping, we could have spared that, but the idea that, you know, something so unexpected saved her life. Because if it wasn't for the Switch, let's just be honest here, she probably wouldn't have been found. Because no, probably remember, not. remember, she was in Virginia, and the guy kidnapped her and took her back to Arizona. Why would anyone think of looking for that girl in Arizona when she lived in Virginia? Exactly. So... Thank you, Nintendo, for working with the FBI. Thank you, FBI, for following up on this lead. Thank you, friend, for seeing that notification. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Nintendo, for uh, making the notifications happen in the first place. <laughs> I'm just Whenever saying. I see that annoying me, I will just remember that story. <laughs> there you go. And the next time Will comes on, I'm like, wait a minute. Is Will, it was like, is Will not, Will's not kidnapped, is he? So that was like, <laughs> did someone take him back to Malaysia? <laughs> it's probably hotter there now than it is in the America. Oh, jeez. So, all right. Next up, and I apologize for not talking about this earlier, but uh, there is more rumors about Pokemon, but they're not the ones you're expecting. <laughs> I'm serious. So, a well-known and accredited Poke leaker has stated that the next mainline Pokemon games might be tied to Unova. AKA Gen 5. Ooh. Now, to be clear here, this these are not the remakes slash remasters of Pokemon Black and White and or Black and White 2. According to them, these are going to be all new mainline games. So the thought is that we're going to get the next Legends title in Unova. Now, I won't go dive into all the details about why they think this is. There actually is some significant logic behind it all. But one of the biggest ones is that if you look at Gen 9, there's not a lot of Gen 5 Pokemon in there. Didn't notice that, did you? Nope. No. Well, you were probably thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. It's like you were probably more focused on the bugs. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, apparently there were not a lot of Gen 5 Pokemon, and the logic behind that being they were saving them for when they do the Legends game, because not unlike what happened with uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, they're going to focus on that, that Pokedex and those regional Pokemon. And. Thus, you know, you're going to have a little bit of a fresh feeling when you're trying to catch them all. These are not confirmed, obviously. Um, my only complaint is that I didn't like Unova. <laughs> like the games were fine, but they were definitely showing the age of the 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 age literally of sprites. Um, I remember them being so blurry, like, and they were like animated too, but they were like so blurry, and they're like, "Hey, let's pan them in to show them in good quality, and then pan them out to show them in bad quality." How does that work? <laughs> so I'm sure there's a decision at play there. Pretty much. And then but remember the next time we got 3D graphics with, with X and Y. So it eventually turned out well. But if this is a next Legends game, I'm curious how they're gonna handle it because the legendary Pokemon of Unova weren't that interesting, to be honest with you. 
Reshiram, Zekrom, and uh, Kyurem. And the Kyurem had a game in black and white too. So it's not like Arceus where it wasn't really featured in a Pokemon game. So I'm not sure what the Legends would be doing. Who can say? Who can say? Yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see yeah. if that's the case. Yeah. But again, these are just rumors. Don't believe them until the Pokemon company says something. But then again, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a Pokemon game next year. I would be shocked if we didn't get a Pokemon game next year. Because we didn't get one this year, obviously, because of uh, the DLC for Gen 9. So, which still had not come out yet, nor had a release date, Pokemon Company. <laughs> so, we'll see. But again, until it's, it's confirmed, just rumors. And finally, and lightly, uh, this past week was the 40th anniversary of the Famicom launch in Japan. Ooh. Yep. These make me feel even more old now. <laughs> Dude, I'm older than you, so shut up. Um... For those of you who don't understand the history of this, I would seriously recommend you go to Wikipedia. Like, I'm serious. I, I did that for an article I wrote about this. Because the Famicom slash the NES were the consoles that helped save the video game industry, especially in the United States. These were the consoles that showed that, hey, you, know, you can make a good console with good games. Shock, Nintendo makes good games. Uh, who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought? 337 episodes in, we finally have a good revelation. Uh, <laughs> only took, like, how many co-hosts? Uh, <laughs> sacrificing co-hosts to get a revelation. The sacrifice of the altar. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, these were the consoles that changed lives, affected the world in many ways. It's the, the Famicom was what got Sakurai into gaming, as we noted a few weeks back. And this was the start of Nintendo truly dominating the gaming industry for many years to come. Yes, Tony. <laughs> they count. Competition. They, they absolutely count. You got into the business because they spurned you and you tried to make them disappear and you failed. <laughs> you lessened their impact. That's not a lie, but they're still around and the Switch kicked your PS4's butt. So anyway, but this was fascinating to me. I, I literally looked up the history of the Famicom and how, how it went from that to the NES because obviously they look entirely different. And it, they made the NES look like a video cassette recorder or player. Hmm. That, uh, yeah, oh yeah, now I see it. Yeah, I yeah see because that. Yeah. that was that was the popular thing at the time was having yep. little cassette players. And so, so they were banking off that. That's why it has the black and gray tones versus the red and yellowish tones of Japan. And... It uh, and then uh the NES came out like over a year after the Famicom because they had to do some play testing and then they did like special promo events to set up the hype for the NES and it totally worked. So like Nintendo made sure to do this the right way because they knew what happened in the crash of '83. Also looked that up. That's a key part of video game history, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you, Nintendo. For, for over 40 years now of, of consoles and great games and changing the industry because we literally wouldn't be here without you. Literally. Very true. There's no Nintendo Entertainment Podcast out of Nintendo. Yeah, exactly. What are we going to call it? Just call it the Entertainment Podcast? Oh. Really? <laughs> Earl's, <laughs> Earl's right off the tongue. Um, so again, thank you, Nintendo, and here's to many more years. Please don't screw up the Switch successor. Please. <laughs> Please. All right, so for our main event tonight, we're going to do something uh, honestly new. One of the things, sorry, one of the things that Shigeru Miyamoto said during the Pikmin interview 
was he felt, and we're basically quoting here, that the Pikmin are the biggest global icons of Nintendo's roster. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> okay. Um, here, here you go. Here you go. Here's the quote. I consider Pikmin to be Nintendo's most global characters. Uh-huh. Hmm. A, wrong. <laughs> B, you created the literal global icon in Mario, or even Link. Um, so, like, n- no, no, Miyamoto. I'm sorry, but no. Um, but, we all have to be wrong sometimes. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm only wrong occasionally. That's why I'm the host. So, we decided, though, because of Mario's status as the global icon, and the franchises that Nintendo has, we're going to look into what could Nintendo do to make them more, what we want to call it, global, a more global, <laughs> global globally recognizable. More iconic. Damn, perfect. Thank you, Scott. More I mean, iconic. like, for, take for a hypothetical situation that, that Nintendo retires Mario as their icon. <laughs> Who will be the successor? <laughs> Mario is retired. It doesn't print money anymore. Um, but yes, what, what would Nintendo do to elevate certain franchises to true global status? And we're going to break this down in another session of the NEP Secret Society. All right, I call this... Uh, meeting of the society to order so here's how we're going to play it we're each going to take a franchise that we feel could be elevated to iconic status and what would nintendo need to do to help elevate it from its current position to that mario level and we have a few caveats here obviously mario is out because he's iconic we're not counting pokemon because they don't need help And also, it's technically not owned by Nintendo. It's it's complicated, but yeah, we're not including that one. Licensing is weird. Lic- there you go. Licensing. <laughs> um, they're leasing their property. Uh, <laughs> you're being evicted, Nintendo. Uh, oh my gosh, could you imagine if Sony tried to bu- Sony or Xbox tried to buy the Pokemon company? Ah, <laughs> oh uh, good luck with that. The coup, the coup of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, screw you, Activision Blizzard. We bought the Pokemon company. Um. We're not counting Smash Brothers because that's more of a unifying property that already has hype out the wazoo. Same with Mario Kart. So these are singular franchises that can't be improved to greater status. And I will start because I'll be starting with one I've talked about many times on the podcast. And that is, of course, WarioWare. So how can we make Wario more lovable? Easy. You have him do the farts all the time. Okay, like you make. I'm just joking. <laughs> I would love. I thought you were making a joke about turning his hat upside down, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. He was Wario. Now he's more. He's Mario. <laughs> Mario. There you go. Uh, it's a me, Mario. <laughs> that was more like Penguin, but whatever. No, <laughs> I'm gonna talk about Fire Emblem because I feel that this is a franchise that not only has proven its status as a AAA franchise which it did not do for many years of its life but it's getting to the point where fans want more need more crave more all right they already have you know best-selling million sellers between awakening fates three houses engage um i don't think shadows of valenti got to a million but it was it was close enough um 
And of course, it has multiple representatives in Smash Brothers, much to the chagrin of haters. <laughs> oh, we, do we need another sword wielder? Yes! We need all of them, thank you. Also, <laughs> also, I've been the biggest advocate for Hector in Smash Brothers, a heavyweight axe-wielding character. Hello! Yes. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, it, it speaks, it writes itself. Anyway, hire me, Nintendo. But uh, the reason I think that Fire Emblem is ready for that next tip, oh, I also forgot, about, of course, about the mobile game, uh, which continues to make millions upon millions because of swimsuit banners, among other things. <laughs> Thanks for your blood sacrifices, Will. <laughs> but uh, the reason I feel this is the franchise to push in many ways is because of where it sits in a genre, in the genre, because it's fantasy. People love that stuff. Like, so many best-selling franchises are based in fantasy and magic and dragons. You know, Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones before the crappy eighth season. And so many more. You know, it's the default franchise that people love to go to because it's like anything is possible in the fantasy realm. You love finding out about knights and kingdoms and monsters and ancient evils and whatever. You know, that's beautiful it's meaningful and there's so many ways you can take it but where do you take it so i've talked about this on the podcast in the past before but you animate the heck out of this okay? <laughs> and yes yes i acknowledge that especially with like shadows of valentia and awakening and fates they did very anime style storylines and cutscenes and female attires and relationships but uh like i mean literally make animes of the franchise and you literally take the game each game so like shadow dragon blazing sword a uh, path of rains rain dawn awakening fates etc and you turn them into anime seasons and when i say anime seasons i mean you take the pokemon route you don't confine it to like say you know 20 30 episodes we all know that's not going to work but you make it as long as it needs to to get the story across to make you feel for the characters and blah 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 you get the right studio on this. I'm talking like, you know, Studio Wit or Mappa, and uh, we'll give me another good anime studio. Bone. I was going to say Madhouse. Madhouse, <laughs> you know, you know, the, like get, get us a top tier studio, which we know they'll do because like Wit Studio did the Pokemon Assuming Snow anime short, and that was great. We've seen, you know, various anime studios do like the Pokemon Generations thing. Um, we know that there are anime studios who would do this kind of thing. Let them. Let them dive into this, get an all-star voice cast, and then once you have the anime set, like start with Shadow Dragon, obviously. Once you make that and you make that a hit, then it's the merchandise. Um, I mean, we already have some figurines, but you go bigger. You do that, you do shirts, you do posters. You make it so that this anime is the biggest thing since Attack on Titan and, and My Hero Academia. <laughs> Scott laughs, but I'm being serious here. Like Those things help explode uh, the anime industry, so why don't they? we use the anime industry to help explode Nintendo in certain ways. And yes, you could argue that certain Fire Emblem characters are iconic, like your Marths, your Croms, your Lucinas, your Ikes, your Ikes, your Ikes, your Ikes, your Ikes, your Demetrius, your Ikes, your Brave Ikes, your Easter Ike, which was weird, but I allow it. Um, you know, your Vengeance Ike. Anyway, uh, did I mention Ike? I don't think I did. Hey, did you know that there was two different voices for Ike and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate? They totally sound different. No, they don't. Um... <laughs> But you, you merchandise it and you, you promote it and so that every season, every next Fire Emblem series is special. It's, you know, it's new characters. Okay, you love the March storyline. Here's, uh, here's Hector, Elwood, and Lynn. We know people would love that. Then here's, El here's Erika and Ephraim. Here's 
go enjoy that. And then Awakening shows up. Bam! Here's Lucina in all her glory. And Robin and Crom and all of them. And then Fates. And, that, you know, how many that could go. Um, they'll obviously do the Revelation storyline to ensure that there's not, like, the choice thing. Um, three Houses will be difficult. I won't lie, but I'm sure they could figure that out. But you animate this to high heaven. And you use that to bring more fans in. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, who's your, what was your favorite series? It'd be like Digimon. That's another great example. You know, every series was different and yet it was connected somehow. And it was, but it was beautiful. And it had their own tone from trainers to tamers to season four and five. You know, they were all special, even though they were all Digimon. And that's the route you would go. And you push them well enough, hard enough, fast enough. And all of a sudden, Fire Emblem is one of your bestsellers, sending like, you know, 5 million, 10 million, because it's like, what's the next adventure that might get turned into an anime? You know, use the anime to bring it to the games, and then use the games like, oh, I can't wait to see this in anime form. So that's my pitch. And I think, I think it absolutely could work if you do it right. And yes, this would be a years-long endeavor, but it took years for them to get popular. So why not just keep taking the time to make them even more popular? Just saying. All right, Scott, how about you? So the one I was thinking of was Metroid. Oh. A good choice. Go on. So my thought about this is Metroid has had quite a number of games that has dealt with a bit of lore and stuff, but I think that they just need to go absolute insane with actually exploring the space of the world, exploring a lot of the various organizations that we have seen as well as exploring just like the universe itself there's so much that metroid has so much untapped potential that i think that if they start to tap into it it can become a humongous ip much more than it is right now and not just that but there's a lot of variety you could have in those games i was even just thinking of we don't really have that many i mean we have like i'd say like turn-based Fire Emblem, but we don't necessarily have, like, the tactics gameplay of, say, like, Mario and Rabbids very often, where you have a small amount of units against a much wider force kind of a deal. And I think Metroid is almost the perfect way to do that with not having a lot of, like, good guy characters, but having so much more enemies and having that play in its, like, challenging aspect. And I just love having, like, the variety that Metroid could have and we don't really have explored, but I feel like once Metroid gets so much more of its like lore, its world, its characters explored, it can become a major behemoth in game in like the game itself and what we can have as an IP. And so my thing is not only would we have a good amount of things we could have with just games and having varieties of games, but you could also have if we want to have like a movie or if we want to have a series, you have a lot of varieties you can have in that self. It's in that kind of genre itself. There's so much untapped potential in the world of Metroid that I think that it'd be important to have it as an escalated position of where it's at right now and having it have more focus. Because, I mean, the biggest thing that Metroid needs right now is just consistency in games. We have so much just random time frames of when are games are actually going to get released. Sometimes it takes us years before we even get anywhere near a sequel to something. Or in some cases, we have like the Metroid Prime 4 thing where it's just like, well, <laughs> where'd it go? <laughs> yeah. And so that, that's my kind of pitch of just, I think Metroid is one of like the most untapped wells that 
Nintendo has in its repertoire right now, and they could do so much more with it. Yeah, pretty much. That's just, as I said, like when we get Metro Prime 4, and of course, like naturally, yeah, I've been seeing so many as well. I mean, product wise, I mean, I see, I know like the, the Figma of um, Metroid Dread, the, en- the enemy, enemy, and uh, yeah, that, that form of, of, uh, of Samus it is going to bring out as well. Like, yeah, I don't think we actually have the Nendoroid as well of Samus, if I recall correctly, aside from Zero Suit, I think. Uh, but yeah, like, there's just been so many things they could make, just make Samus as recognizable as it is. But again, the fact, like, yeah, I, I, even hard. It's kind of tough for me to say this, but yeah, Metroid is kind. I mean, it's kind of resurging, but also it's still stuck in that niche zone. It seems so. They could definitely do a lot more if anything else. And again, they've done their mistakes. They they made a Federation Force and everything of that don't sort. Don't speak of that game. We don't speak <laughs> of that here. So yeah, just, there's just like there's definitely a lot more moves they can definitely do to like bring that name to like the forefront. So yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you, Scott. Um, the more I think about it, the more I feel that Samus Aran should be an even bigger gaming icon than she is. Is she a gaming yes. icon? Absolutely. There, she is one of the first ladies of gaming. But who is the other first lady of gaming that we all think about? Lara Croft. Lara Croft. <laughs> but now the, the the problem here, and we all know this is honest. Why is Laura Croft an even bigger gaming icon? This is not a trick question. Uh, Seriously, the polygons. <laughs> yes, polygons. The polygons. She has. Uh, double barrels in multiple parts of her body uh let's put it that way um and like but people have used that like they use that her form <laughs> her form uh to you know make her popular and then they cranked out games out the wazoo because people wanted to see see laura croft and then that played into the movies with angelina jolie which obviously helped the, move the franchise even further we haven't had a single uh meaningful adaptation of of metro almost a zelda of metroid also <laughs> zelda but still of metroid in animation live action whatever people have tried i actually interviewed people who wanted to make a live action metroid short and they were diehard fans willing to do it and nintendo did hit them with the dmca and they couldn't they couldn't fund their kickstarter and i hated it because they were so passionate they had the perfect woman to be samus aaron she was like she, they showed her doing the stunts and everything it was just awesome and for whatever reason they have not pushed samus aaron to be that leading lady of gaming and right now with metroid dread doing as well as it did and more than likely more metroid games coming in the future whether it be prime 4 or something else metroid remastered uh prime remastered is like one of the most best reviewed games of the year of the and that's year. like how many years yes now? yeah <laughs> yeah so we want more of Samus Aran. And yes, I'm sure that some people, the Nintendo will use the Zero Suit to their advantage somehow, but... Oh, they have tried. They tried. Again, they allowed Team Ninja to do so. Oh, yeah. Well, we don't talk about that game either. Um, that's the other M. <laughs> ah, ah. Uh, but yeah, if they could push... Uh, someone said Zelda again. Met Samus to be a, a top tier, a true top tier leading lady of gaming... Just by showing how much of an epic fighter, bounty hunter, warrior, hero she is, that would dwarf so many other things. Because Laura Croft, just being honest, has kind of you know fell off in recent years, even with the Crystal Dynamics games. Her uh, movies haven't been good in a long time. 
and we don't really you have. You could argue they weren't always any good. Well, <laughs> in some regards. In some regards. First I mean, hey, Squ Square and, and IDOS have not done anything with her, and exactly. they just they sold that IP. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So this is their time, and you know, again, people want Samus Aran to be in more properties, and if they can make. I'm not saying like a like Alien or John Wick style film or TV show or whatever, but if they can bring something of like that epic scale and fighting style and show that you know Samus Aran rocks top to bottom, no matter what uh, where she is, people are gonna resonate with that and they'll be like, oh wow, I didn't realize Samus was so great. Isn't there a game on Switch that has Samus? And then they'll they'll flood to Metroid Dread and Prime Four when it's out in ten years. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Samus is absolutely one that deserves this. Like she's long overdue. Yes. And yeah, because like I just can't imagine like like uh, yeah, Samus Aaron, a uh, Metroid story with a John Wick premise. Like I can completely <laughs> can see that in a sense. Yeah, I can I can I can picture now, lady. Well, like, being Adam here for a second, lady, we have a new mission. The, the Galactic Federation has found out that the space pirates have a weapon of mass destruction. It is deep inside one of their bases. We have to get it out, or the entire Federation is doomed. And the entire movie is Samus breaking into that space pirate base to just get this weapon. And then, of course, she fights Ridley at the end, because, of course, Ridley has to be there. He has to show up. <laughs> and, and we could tie this in with like an origin story and like how she learned to be Samus Aran with the Chozo and the Federation meeting Adam, blah, blah, blah. There's plenty of things you can work for there, but make it the definitive Samus Aran piece. And then, like, hey, if you like that, here are the games. Go enjoy. That's what you need to do. Period. And that's all the time you have, folks. I'm just joking. Will, what's yours? <laughs> and remember, Skies of Arcadia doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one, I'm kind of, like, I think they're already in the process of doing so. And, yeah, I'm going to be harnessing a little bit of faith energy in this one. And I'm going to say with Kirby because, ah. like, Oh, they kind of been been slowly <laughs> doing that. I mean, think about it. With, with Mario, and again, Mario has a movie now, and like a, a successful movie. Uh, he, heck, the fact that Mario even has his own Nendoroid as well as uh, own Universal Theme Park, like yeah. And I can't help but imagine there is some definitely some parallels with how how they're also doing it with the Kirby license. Because, like, think about it. Like, as I said, like, of course, we can't we use Smash Bros., but therefore, we got to use something else that is closely related to that franchise. And what's more closer to the Smash Bros. Smash Bros. franchise? Kirby. Because, again, made from Masahiro Sakurai, Daddy Sakurai, of all things. And K Kirby definitely has that repertoire of possibly being that next icon. I mean, again, Kirby's cute. Like, <laughs> that, that is a universal appeal quality. He is cute. Like he, he's he's a baby. He's a football. Sure, as you said, had a, a more or less a galaxy world eater that could swallow entire dimensions, possibly. And but at the same time, he's cute. <laughs> like he has his own cartoon shows. He has his own toy line. He has cafes popping up everywhere in Japan. And I know it can't actually succeed here in the West if they allow a chance to. Like. It seems like Nintendo is definitely kind of pushing that sense. Like, yeah, Kirby is like just like I don't know. I, I hate to say this term, but it's almost to second banana to Mario. Like, I feel like if they could definitely like push it a bit more with Kirby, like I don't know if they decide ever ever make a Kirby movie, which again, every now with Mario, Pikachu, I don't know, have Kirby make a movie. I mean, we have Sonic movie, so why not a Kirby movie? And like having like. 
this i don't know there's a lot of creative process in that thing but like kirby as an icon i feel is not too far off just because one like the fact that Marcy Rusako says like he want to make a simple design to for anybody can create and yes everybody can create kirby very simply i mean he's not as like detailed like mario or with like uh with uh, zelda link or metro prime of samus Aran. like kirby's kirby <laughs> like it's hard to get him wrong and like sure did his games like definitely started games on through and through and i don't he's just like just that one push away from actually becoming i feel is like us can be icon status like with mario just because one he also has that like i believe has a the set that same universal appeal if not more it's just like they just have that need to have that one extra step more like i don't know as, as i said a kirby movie or heck like yeah, I can't even remember. That. Like, I know they have collaborations with a Mario cereal, a Mario Oreo cookie. I don't know how <laughs> a Kirby. I know like they also have done things like I don't know. I'm not sure that Kirby actually has collaborated with like Burger King or McDonald's or whatever. The Happy Meal toys. I don't remember those days. I forgot. But it just feels like Kirby is that license that can definitely push that brand into like up open the leagues with like the game's greatest icons like with mario and like sonic and swords so yeah like kirby is just he's i feel he's in the process of becoming that much i feel like my biggest problem with a with a kirby anything is that you absolutely have to get it right like kirby right back at you which was, <laughs> was that was a popular show and they're like it was like the one the, the fact thing. it actually did better in the west than the east i, I love that opening yeah hey the fox box man don't knock it um <laughs> <laughs> those are the days uh, but uh like that was a good one they had like fun with king ddd and kirby and his abilities and they used the other characters to you know like speak for kirby i don't know how you could do live action kirby and that's just the truth because and this is just blunt the sucking suck it up <laughs> yeah you absolutely have to do the sucking properly and if you try to do that with anything remotely live action you're screwed Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, let, let, let's just be let's just be honest here. There are there are high end movies, Marvel, that have like terrible CGI when it do, deals with live action meeting digital. And now you're trying to tell me that you're gonna show Kirby sucking up things in live action? I don't think so. No, just no. <laughs> so, just saying, just saying. But hey, you know Kirby would be interesting. Kirby, I feel could be like if you want to appeal. Make him more of an icon. Focus solely on the kids. Give him another animated series. Give us another. <laughs> give us another Kirby right back at you. Remember, Sonic was just as popular with Sonic X and Sonic Boom. Ironically enough, mm -hmm. um, you know, both were icon. Both were iconic in their own ways. So, there you go. Like, use that to your advantage, or don't and suck. Who knows? Oh. <laughs> Puns right itself. All right. And with that, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Resident Podcast. Uh, who do you think needs to get elevated to the next level of Nintendo icon? And how would you do it? Would you do it with something like Fire Emblem? Or Metroid? Or Kirby? Or Kid Icarus, maybe? Or Donkey Kong? Please don't do the Donkey Kong cartoon show. Donkey Kong no. as an icon. I don't no. know. Would people like a big giant ape? I mean, I get, I get it. People like Bigfoot, but you think he'd be actually like the same level? <laughs> yeah. As long as they don't do musical numbers again, I think we'll, I think we'll make it, um, or have Chris Pratt voice Donkey Kong. 
<laughs> like banana slamma! No, shut up, Chris Pratt. Oh, wait a minute. Faith's not here. I can insult Chris Pratt all I want. Oh my gosh. The power. Uh, Freedom. No. <laughs> anyway, but uh, who would you choose? Or how about the how about Splatoon? Would you want to see more of that to elevate its ever-growing status? And what do you think about did you well, were you on Team Villain in a Splatfest? What do you think about the upcoming Pokemon uh, anime for both Ash and Horizons? Do you think the Metroid Prime 2 or Zelda rumors are true? Or the Pokemon Gen 5 one? Let us know in the comments below. So, for Skull Kit Scott, Wario Well, and Falcon Faith, because she's sleeping still. I am Troy Forestal, ladies and gentlemen. We are out of time. We are not allies. We made it to the end of the level. So, raise the flag.